from NBC5 Chicago. In just a few weeks, Illinois will become the 11th state to legalize recreational marijuana. I never thought I'd see the day. Legal pot will mean a seismic shift for everyday citizens. Why is there a need for legalization of marijuana when people are going to do it anyway? For law enforcement. We have been baby-stepping towards this for a few years now. And potentially the very economy of the state. There it is, folks. This is your brain on drugs. What we have found is the most dire predictions on either side by the advocates or the opponents really have not come true. This is High Expectations, Cannabis in Illinois. I'm Phil Rogers, joined by Courtney Copenhagen, my colleague covering cannabis here at NBC5. Courtney, legal marijuana arrives in Illinois January 1st. It does, but it won't be at the stroke of midnight when everyone is singing the New Year's song that they can never pronounce correctly. Instead, people who want to be a part of history and among the first to buy it legally will have to wait until at least 6 a.m. on New Year's Day. And we can almost guarantee they won't be standing in line alone. If opening day in the other 10 states that have already had recreational marijuana is any indication, it meant long lines wrapped around buildings and up and down streets. And they began to form hours before the dispensaries even opened for business. And the clock is ticking for those dispensaries. They have less than a month to remodel and expand to accommodate up to 1 million customers expected in the first year. And maybe we should note where exactly it's going to go on sale. So there are 55 medical licenses in the state of Illinois, but statewide, only 43 of those licenses are actually brick-and-mortar stores. Automatically, those 43 are the first to receive the adult-use licenses to sell recreational marijuana, but so far, only about two-thirds of those licenses have been granted to those locations. But not every dispensary granted an adult-use license is going to be able to sell it. Explain why that is. That's because the bill allows every one of Illinois' 750 municipalities to decide if marijuana sales, quote, fit in their community, otherwise known as the opt-in, opt-out decision. So many of these communities have held public hearings. Um, a lot of them were heated. A lot of them went well into the night to decide whether or not that they want to have these recreational sales in their communities. Two examples of adult use licenses that were handed out were in Naperville and Arlington Heights, and both of those communities said, not right now, so they have opted out. You know, perhaps it's important for us to say how we got here. You mentioned medical cannabis dispensaries. Medical cannabis was passed by the General Assembly in 2013. We are not ever going to give up on our patients in Illinois. Are we really going to be a state where we're going to allow a 75-year-old granny with colon cancer to have to search for a remedy for her pain and her nausea? When Illinois passed its medical cannabis program, it was the 20th state to do so. This is really an important day, I think, for healing in Illinois. There are now 33. Here in Illinois, the program was highly regulated required a medical cannabis card issued by the Illinois Department of Public Health for specific medical conditions. And while that was a fairly limited list when the program rolled out, there are now over 50 conditions that are recognized. Currently, there are over 90,000 patients registered in the Illinois Medical Cannabis Program. And since the program began, there have been over $457 million in sales. 
It was only a matter of time until this became recreational. Since it was signed into law back in 2013, there's been a lot of support for medical marijuana. You could see the progression, the slow progression, how Illinois decriminalized possession of under 10 grams to a $100 to $200 fine in 2016. Then when J.B. Pritzker announced he was running for governor in April of 2017. My name is J.B. Pritzker and I'm running for governor of Illinois. Marijuana was one of his themes. It was a big platform on his campaign. He won in November of 2018, and just a few months later, five months later, the Illinois General Assembly passed the Illinois Cannabis Regulation Tax Act. We want to make sure that we're building this market the right way and that there's ownership that is spread across communities that have historically not had the opportunity. Then, June 25th, J.B. Pritzker actually signed it into law, and that gave roughly six months for cannabis growers to ramp up production and get the products on the shelves for the rollout on January 1st. Cannabis is widely available, and yet you don't know what you're getting. Um, You don't know who you're getting it from. We ought to regulate it and make sure that it's safe. As Illinois goes through this rather rapid ramp-up, maybe it's important that we should note that the program is being administered by multiple agencies. The Illinois Department of Professional Regulation, which traditionally has licensed doctors and dentists in the state, is responsible for licensing the dispensaries. The Department of Public Health really runs the medical program. The Illinois State Police has law enforcement. And the Department of Agriculture, which for over 100 years has dealt with crops like soybeans and corn and wheat, now has added the cultivation of cannabis to its portfolio. We had the opportunity to sit down with former Senator Toy Hutchinson, who has now transitioned to overseeing cannabis policy in the governor's office. And she was actually quite firm in justifying the reasons for making cannabis legal. Well, um, every criminal justice concern I've ever heard, every public health concern I've ever heard, um, every public safety concern I've ever heard, tells me that we need to get in the middle of this. What's happening right now Um, the wide availability of a product that is not tested and not regulated and easily accessible to young people is not a system that I wanted to, to protect. So for us, this is bigger than just whether or not there's going to be money that the state can make on the sale of this product. This is about drug policy reform, and this is about criminal justice reform, and it's about hopefully changing whole communities. So we're doing it because I think we're supposed to. Critics have especially expressed concerns about children and young adults. But remember, you do need to be 21 to purchase recreational marijuana. So just as if you're going into a liquor store or walking into a bar, a legal ID is required at the door. But Toy Hutchinson suggested that legalization will actually help control access to marijuana. That's the hope. That really is the hope. I mean, we've learned really critical lessons in this country as it relates to alcohol as well as tobacco. There was a time when the majority of the country smoked and you saw commercials where they were selling cigarettes by doctors. And the more information we had, now you're down to where less than 20% of the population smokes. That only happens through education. It only happens through regulation and it only happens through taxation. Those are the things, those are the mixes that come together to reduce harm and activity from that. So when I look at um, people who ask, how are you going to keep this away from kids, I think about the, the person on the street that's walking right up to your kids and never asking for ID and not caring at all what they're getting or what they're imbibing. I, and then when I look at it on the other side, uses rates are the same across demographics. 
but the criminalization of it is not. And so for us, when we worked on this, this really was about hopefully changing people's lives and making sure that an industry that's growing and changing rapidly around the world, that we got in there and regulated. There's no way we can stop it. It's happening and it's here. It's in every television show, it's in every movie. You have people laughing and snickering like there's nothing bad that can happen to you. None of that stuff is true or should be allowed to be pro proliferated without a good public health education, without regulating the substance, and without knowing where the hotspots are so that we can do something about it. So as a policymaker, which is what I just finished being, and a mom, that's why I'm doing this. If you are interested in partaking of cannabis, once it becomes legal, it's important that you know the law has some very strict restrictions. In fact, some argue that the Illinois program will be the most heavily regulated in the United States. The bill that established this was 610 pages long, and then there was a 400-plus page writer that passed in the veto session just a few weeks ago. Now, only approved dispensaries will be selling marijuana, and they have strict hours, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. The dispensaries cannot have drive throughs They can't have giveaways or any kind of contests. They have very limited advertising. And there are very specific possession limits. And some of this gets a little confusing. 30 grams of flour, that's the raw cannabis you probably are familiar with, 5 grams of cannabis concentrate, and then no more than 500 milligrams of THC contained in infused products like edibles. And you can expect to see a lot of edible products springing up at the dispensaries. Those totals, as the law says, and this is the way they term it, the totals are cumulative, meaning a person 21 years of age or older may possess a combination of cannabis flower, cannabis-infused products, and cannabis concentrates up to that limit for each category of product. You know, from the beginning, questions started popping up around this. There's this perception that people will walk around smoking joints like they smoke cigarettes, expecting a Cheech and Chong scenario all over the city, state, and in public places. But that will lead to a public consumption ticket. So there are a lot of restrictions on where you can smoke it or ingest it. And it's almost like a Dr. Seuss kind of um, poem here. Can't smoke it in a car. You can't smoke it in a bar. You can't smoke it in the park even after dark. You can't smoke it on the L or on a public bus, only at home when it's just us. But seriously, um, there are, <laughs> there are um, you know, there's dispensaries locations right now are in very industrial areas, but eventually they are going to be in more public places. There's actually talk of a dispensary opening up across Wrigley Field, and it will still be illegal to buy a product in there, ingest it, and then walk into Wrigley Field. That's still going to be illegal. That's still considered public consumption. And if you are transporting it in a car, it must be in sealed child-resistant packaging. But most of all, just use common sense. This is, again, this is kind of tracks with the way every other state has done that. And it's no different than alcohol. You can't walk up with open alcohol up and down the streets. Same thing. So whenever I hear a lot of stories like, am I going to have to walk through plumes of smoke? Am I going to be smelling this all over the place? And the answer is, is no. <laughs> You're not, no public consumption. It really doesn't, we don't need to say more than that. show up to work high. 
you are not now going to be able to be in federally controlled places like airports and college dorms and hospitals and things like that. You just that you need to be responsible about who can do this, when you can do this, and whether or not it can negatively impact you. Now, depending on where you live, it might be that there will be some establishments where the public is allowed to consume marijuana. The law permits tobacco stores and cannabis facilities to set up rooms where people can smoke or, or otherwise imbibe. But that's up to individual communities to legalize, and the law gave a lot of latitude to local communities to establish whether they wanted that kind of consumption or not. There's a lot of local control in the law, and of course, as we mentioned, local communities can opt out of various provisions. And the proponents that have been encouraging this acknowledge the stigma that goes along with it, but they suggest just as has happened in many other states, that that stigma is going to fade. I think the biggest misconception is when people realize that there are a lot of upwardly mobile people with titles and, you know, raising their kids and going to work every day who consume this product. They just get to do it with impunity. Other people deal with the criminal justice system. There's something fundamentally unfair about that. So I think people will see that the sky didn't fall. And I'd also remind folks that Illinois is not the first state to do this. We're the 11th state to do this. And there's 33 states with a legal medicinal program operating, which means the majority of people across this country are living under some form of legalization right now. Canada is above us. It is now legal. Mexico is about to be going in that direction. So I think it, the conversation is shifting gradually as people realize Public health concerns are 100% legitimate and we need to work on those things because it's really about protecting our communities. But the way we've been doing it is through the criminal justice system and that's just patently wrong. Do you believe people are going to be surprised to learn which of their friends are doing it and have maybe have been doing it all along? Oh yes. Now, as you would expect, it costs a lot of money to get into this business, seven figures in most cases. And that even began uh, way back with the applications that cost about six figures just to even start this process. And of course, this business is mostly run by white men. So a big section in the bill is about promoting equity and how this legislation, quote, seeks to resolve some of the negative effects of nearly 80 years of cannabis prohibition on minority communities. So what does that mean? They created a social equity program that will give people and communities affected by the war on drugs access to grants and loans to deter some of the upfront costs of participating. And a major component to this bill is expungement. That means you will no longer have to check the box on job or rental housing applications for cannabis offenses. So convictions and arrests for cannabis possession up to 30 grams will automatically get expunged through the governor's clemency process. But this does not happen overnight. There are up to 700,000 of these arrests and convictions throughout the state, and it will take time for them to make their way through the courts. And if the amount was between 30 and 500 grams, the state's attorney or the individual needs to petition the court to vacate the conviction. And Toy Hutchinson insists that that social equity component is really the bedrock of the entire Illinois cannabis program. So lots of times people come to this conversation like, should you tax and regulate it like alcohol, which is what all the other ballot questions were. We took it a step further and said, there's no way we can be a part of legalizing an activity that has literally destroyed whole communities. 
the same activity, selling cannabis, that the criminalization of such activity has destroyed whole communities. And we're gonna license some people to make millions and billions of dollars on this and not take care of those who are disproportionately impacted in the first place. There's something fundamentally unfair about an approach that doesn't take that into consideration. The communities that paid the biggest price aren't the ones that, that should be shut out of, of participating in an industry that's growing like this. So I always talk about this in layers. It's not just about revenue. It's not just about public health. It's also about drug policy reform. It's also about criminal justice reform. And there are a lot of different layers that you can talk about this one product because it's fraught with a very long, complicated history in this country. And this one bill, this first start, is not gonna fix 80 years of prohibition, but it's a hell of a start. Now the licensing has been a slow process. Remember the General Assembly passed the cannabis law back in May and then it was signed in June. And it wasn't until August 29th when IDFPR finally announced the first same site licenses for adult use. Those were located in Mundelein, Joliet, Naperville, Canton, and Effingham, Illinois. None were in Chicago. That first one wasn't announced until the next round of licenses handed out on October 15th. Today there are six in the city and while they will have long lines, the state insists in a year from now, things will be a lot different. This is growing, and this is a slow rollout, and we're going to need enough operators to meet the demand. So I think what's going to happen is the same thing that's happened in every state, that on the first day that they roll out, there are lines around the block, and there are product shortages. It's happened every single state that's open, every single one. I mean, but there's also lines around the block and product shortages for iPhones that come out. So when you look at, like, what demand is, we just know we're not, we're not letting enough licenses out to meet what the demand could be so that we could give um, equity applicants a shot at getting in this in industry and having market share available to, to thrive in. Nobody is naive enough to think that there will not be hiccups along the way. We are attempting to do something that is very different um, and in a different way than any other state before us did. So, all of those things are what we'll see, that, you know, issues that we'll have to work through as we go forward. So I've been telling everybody, the, the special day isn't January 1, 2020. It's what we're looking back at in 2025, what happened over those first five years. And, and again, we're not the first day to do this. We're the 11th day to do this. We're just doing it in a different way. In upcoming episodes, we will look at all aspects of the Illinois Cannabis Program. We'll take you inside a dispensary. We'll look into who gets licenses and the intricacies of the social equity program. Also law enforcement, which as you can guess, is a complicated issue. It all begins January 1st. This has been High Expectations, Cannabis in Illinois. From the NBC5 Newsroom with Courtney Copenhagen, I'm Phil Rogers.